Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. I don't know if you may or may not know, uh, I have joined the ranks of government officials uh, recently. And um, it's kind of a wild ride, and I'm learning some things. And I, I have found out in the midst of this, uh, the, the dismay of my idealism, that there are some unfortunate manipulations that go on. It goes on uh, in the political processes. It goes on with the political parties. Uh, it goes on among people engaged in community affairs. And, and part of me, it just, that, just, that, that just grates on me. You know what I mean? And as I was getting ready for this week's message, you guys are going to think I'm weird. Some of you know I'm like, I'm like a classic, well, obviously, with the music I chose to open the service. Uh, I like guitars and drums and things of that nature. And as I was getting ready uh, for this message this week, I was reminded of a music video from back in the early 90s. And uh, so you're like, I can't believe he's going to use this in a church, in a church service. And he's going to, say, he's going to name this band, and that's, that's a conspiracy all by itself. Um, but I remember, I remember a song by a band called Van Halen from the early 90s, and it was called Right Now. And within the video of that song, there were these like one-liner ideas of what could be happening right now. I'm going to show a couple of the clips, the screenshots uh, from that vi- music video up, up on the screen. This one, right now, justice is being perverted in a court of law. That's a little screenshot from the video. Right now, God is killing moms and dogs because he has to. Right now, the light from a star in the M5 is heading toward Earth. And right now, light that left that M5 a thousand years ago is getting to your house. Right now, blacks and whites don't eat much, very much together. Right now, oil companies and old men are in control. Right now, time is having its way with you. Right now, forces are aligning against you. And right now, our government's doing things we think only other countries do. Now, that's not all the screenshots from all the things, but that, that's kind of a spattering of all the little conspiracy thoughts and ideas that, are, that, are, that were within the idea of what could be happening right now. And, and, and I think a lot of us like the idea that, that maybe there's something going on and we get suspicious, you know. And varying times and varying ways, we get, we get caught in the whole conspiracy idea thing, don't we? Anybody, anybody with that? Hmm? That's why there are tabloid magazines sitting at the, the, the checkout counter, right? Because we, we thrive on it. That's why we spend hours in front of cable TV news. That's why we scam internet sites and stuff like that, because we want to know what's happening, what we think might be happening, and something like that going on. That's why there are a bunch of people sitting around cups of coffee talking about what's going on, trying to get that next piece of juicy information that they need to make their day feel good. Am I right? We, 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 you're quiet. You're like, oh, he just hit the nail on the head. Apparently, we're not the only one. I heard the president this morning spends eight hours a day in front of the television. And, and, and so, you know, there's, we, we like the idea. We're curious. This, the idea that maybe somebody is actually pulling strings makes us curious, doesn't it? 
Makes us, makes us want to investigate, and, and it keeps us kind of chasing these things down the road, right? And, and we wonder what the shell game is going on, and, and, and where, where is it? Here's the thing I said last week. Many of us, though, have lost the wonder of the real guy pulling the strings. We've lost the chase. Some of you are sitting here right now, and we played, oh, come with us, adore him, and some of you are already thinking, going, can we just get on with the message? Because we've lost the wonder. We, we'd rather, maybe some of us wouldn't be, some of us would be out at shopping, they're contemplating the majesty and the magic of this story that we get to the benefit of. That's not just a story, it's not just a fable, it's not just a myth. It literally, literally happened. And the cool thing about Jesus is this gospel story keeps unpacking and the wonder of it keeps flowing forward and God just invites us to become a part of it. You know, I want to say this. God conspired against our ignorance and our desire to self-govern to create an opportunity for us to find him. The message of the gospel, the Christmas story that it unpacks is this, that God is operating some things that we just can't even get our mind around most of the time. And things we think are really horrible, ugly things suddenly become the things he uses to, to, to show us the wonder and the majesty of how powerful, how loving, how faithful, how compassionate he is. And, and, and so kind of kind of unpack that story. Let's look at Acts um, 17 together really quickly and, and just read. We're going to re- do me a favor. Stand up with me. Can you do that? The words are on the screen. If you can read them, you can read with me. How's that? Because let's just do something kind of out of the ordinary. Can we do that? I can only feel the, the Christmas law, the eating too much cake and pie and stuff is already settling down and we're becoming, oh, I've eaten too much already. I'll bet I already have packed on a few pounds. Listen to these words. You can read them with me. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and listen to these words, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all, listen to these words, all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand... Listen to these. He decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for those same nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he's not far from any of us, that right there is the message of the gospel. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is not far away. He is very near For in him we live and move and exist. Even though some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Now see, fortunately for us, you can be seated. Fortunately for us, there is one conspiring behind the scenes. Even in government circles, 
This is a powerful part of this story that gets right past us sometimes. Even in the government, greater than our ability to self-govern, greater in bringing, he's bringing stability and hope and transformation by using those same things we think are really bleak and really black and really dark. He is the one conspiring. He is the one who rules. And the way he does that is completely adverse to what is normal or was what is expected. God uses this Christmas story to let us know he can handle the messiness of any and every government, especially that of self-government. Take a listen to the words from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to the firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. It would seem that God could never get governments to work along with his plan, would it? It would seem like it would, that, could never, that could never, ever take place. And from what we see and what we hear, the, the, the most godless entities we have sometimes are governmental agencies, right? I mean, that's what we think. And, 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 and the thing we have to understand is he is working. He's so much bigger than all of that. He, he is so much larger than that. See, God wants all nations to know him. Every nation, every ethnicity, every geographical, geopolitical entity, he wants his glory stamped on it. The scriptures, Acts 17, tells us that, right? And and he's not lying. And and, and it seems like at times the darkness, most most prevalent as we start thinking about those kinds of things, those kinds of, uh, of, of people, as we watch the news, we can feel the darkness creeping in on us, right? Like there's all this weirdness going on. And, 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 and we lose heart thinking that God, God's work could ever be done. Sometimes in our nation, we lose heart. Sometimes we, we, th- we think maybe among our people, like, well, I don't know. And, and sometimes we, we, within the, the ranks of leadership, it seems all but impossible, right, that God could even use them. But I want to read to you something that you just heard from the beginning of that music video. And I want it to sink in because where there's darkness, God intends his light to shine. Listen to these words. John 1, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everyone that was created and his life brought life to everyone. I love this next line. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never 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 n-e-v-e-r never 
extinguish it. Ever. In verse 14, we're going to say this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's powerful. Somebody sent me this, this devotional reading this week. In John 8, 12, Jesus says these words. When Jesus spoke again to them, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It goes on to read, darkness is more than a symbol. It's a pervasive way of living and viewing the world. Darkness is the place of deception, evil, crime, predators, sin, and death. To follow Jesus means to bring him our heart and let him cast everything from the darkness that plagues us on the inside so we don't have to be afraid of the darkness on the outside, Phil. In this way, Jesus gives us light. But it is a light that does more than fill a dark room. This is a light that illuminates the heart. And the real issue with our governing and all that sort of thing isn't the governing itself. It is the heart of the people engaged in it. The reason we have issues is because it's not just about agencies and stuff. It's about us as people who are, have decided that we're going to decide what's best. We're going to decide where things are going. We're going to make a decision on what we think looks right and what looks best. And the real issue isn't them, it's us. The real issue of sin is that, that man decided somewhere along the line he was going to take charge himself. And a piece of fruit was eaten. See, our desire to self-govern and do things is the thing that leads us down the path to pride and to arrogance. And all sin only ends us, ends us up, stems from that. Listen, listen to Psalm, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. We want to rule ourselves. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell the decree. The Lord said to me, listen to these next lines, you are my son, Today we celebrate Christmas. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now listen to this next line. Now therefore, O kings, be wise and be warned, O rulers of the earth. Listen to these words. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. That word fear isn't just like terror, terror, it's like reverence, like awe, like worship, like recognize who's in charge and who's not. And rejoice with trembling. Listen to this next line. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Now listen to this next line. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. See, he's got a whole other way of doing things. Our real issue is that we want to run things, that we want to control things, that we want things to be done our way. We want to be at Burger King all the time. And what we don't understand is oftentimes what we want our way is the point where we get completely frustrated because we do have an expectation, an anticipation of how things ought to go, and then it doesn't go our way. We talked about the ideal and the impact. Can I say something to you? God is working his plan, Okay? And his plan's working. Now, you may not think so, and you may think you're wiser, and you may think you've got it all figured out, and if you were God, you'd do it this way, or you'd do it that way, or whatever. Let me help you understand something. God is working his plan, and his plan is working. 
His plan is working. It may not look like it to you. It may not feel like it to you. It may, everything else, the facts and the figures and all of it may, may make you think otherwise. But trust me, his plan is working. And he's working it. He, he's, he's making it happen. Check this out. This passage describes our desire to rule and govern ourselves. It infers these things, a lack of trust in him and in really all authority. It infers that we are broken. It infers that God will not be subservient to our governance. He's not going to let that happen. I read this yesterday morning from part of my devotions. Sin belongs to hell and the devil. I, as a child of God, belong to heaven and God. It is not a question of giving up sin, but of giving up my right to myself, my natural independence and self-assertiveness. This is where the battle has to be fought. Jesus said, if any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself. His right to himself, and a man, and a man has to realize who Jesus Christ is before he will do it. Beware of refusing to go to the funeral of your own independence. Thank you, Mr. Chambers, for hitting me in the mouth on a Saturday morning. That's the real issue. You can't follow Christ and have it your way. The only way you can follow Christ is to have it his way. That's the idea of follow. He's the one leading. Gotcha? Understand what I'm saying? Luke 1, 33, uh, 31, we read this last week. Behold, you will conceive in your womb. He's talking to Mary. And bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. And verse 32 says, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. When I just read Psalm 2, that's the, that's the idea. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. You will ask for the nations as an inheritance, the, the, the peoples as a possession. I'll give them to you. That's, what, that's what's being talked about right here. For he will rule, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Our kingdoms will come to an end, every one of them. His kingdom will not end. See, God is conspiring. He has conspired. He will continue to conspire against our ignorance and our desire to self-govern, to make sure we have an opportunity to find him. That's what he's doing some of you have made decisions. I just had a prayer in, in prayer this morning. Some of I, I saw as if th- that somebody had like a throbbing big toe. Like you were trying to figure out what to do, and you couldn't figure it out, and you ended up walking into the coffee table, right? And you were trying to do the right thing. You were trying to make a right decision. You were trying to get it right, and it blew up in your face, and all you feel right now is the throbbing of that thing where you, would, you thought you were just trying to get somewhere and get something done, and it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. If that's you, this one, let me explain something to you. Right now in the middle of that, God's letting you know he's the one really in control. The reason it didn't work out, because you're trusting you. You're not trusting him. And, you're, and you may be throbbing, and the toe may be like, ah! And listen, God's saying, listen, you should have let me lead this one. You should have let my light point the way. You decided to kind of grope around the darkness, and, and, and you were trying to get it done yourself, and you didn't, you didn't ask for prayer, and you didn't go to somebody for a counsel. You didn't look into my word, and I know your heart was right, and I know you were trying to do it right, but you should have, you should have, you should have, you should have listened to me. And the reason it's not working, because he's trying to destroy your ability to self-govern, because he wants your reliance upon him and his word and his will and his way. He wants you to be given to the leading of his spirit anytime, anywhere, anyhow. And you want to know how long he's been working on this? God was working on this plan way before any of these guys mentioned in Luke 2 were ever in office. God would speak to the prophet, I think it's Micah, and he says these words that in Bethlehem would be where the star of David would burst forth. 
The weird thing is, God chose a little girl from Nazareth to, to bear the baby. So how's God going to get the baby, who's about to be born in Nazareth, born in Bethlehem? That's weird, isn't it? Because he's been working his plan for a long time. He, he, don't, he doesn't work according to our you know, microwave society, get it done in 30 seconds. He works over generations and even decades to get his stuff done. He ain't anxious. He ain't worried. He's in perfect peace about it. Isaiah 9, 6 says these words. Listen to this. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, not ours. And his name will be called, listen, 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 you want this kind of person ruling you, I promise, okay? Listen to listen how God describes him. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. It doesn't say prince of chaos, right? Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with, with these words, with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Oh my gosh! Where can I sign up to vote for that guy? Huh? Give, bring it on, right? Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Really? Huh? Justice and righteousness? Have you been watching the news? How many more knuckleheads do we have to put in office that have to resign early? Huh? I mean, for real. Think about it. I'd take him every day. Anyway, I'm getting on a bunny trail, and I shouldn't. Listen, listen to Daniel 7, another prophetic verse about this guy named Jesus. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days, God our Father, the everlasting Father, and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all, listen to these words, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Now verse 18 of Daniel 7 says this, But the saints of the Most High shall receive that kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. Not just a little bit of forever, like forever and ever. Isn't it funny how God uses words like that? I mean, for me, it'd been like forever, it'd been plenty. But he goes forever, comma, forever and ever. So if you think it can end, it can't. And he wants us, he's inviting us to be a part of participating in that kingdom, man. Jesus said, Jesus told us it's, it's God's pleasure, little flock, to give you the kingdom. The one built by this wonderful counselor, the one built by this one who's everlasting God, mighty, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, that one. Now, if that don't rev your engine at Christmas time, I don't know what does. Surely the Muzak hanging over the shopping mall doesn't rev your engine as much as that. You know what I mean? I kind of dig TSO and I like the light show and the pyrotechnics and all that stuff, but dude, that right there is worth the price of admission all by itself. You know what I mean? Anyhow, come on. Woo! God conspired against our ignorance. He conspired against our desire to self-govern that we might have an opportunity to find him. He was working it from the beginning of time. See, there's, there's names mentioned on purpose in the scripture. There's a name, Augustus Caesar. Yes, he was a pagan. 
His lifestyle had nothing to do with that which would glorify God. And guess what God did? God got him to move the entire world. Guess why? So that one baby would be born in the right place. The whole world should be taxed. Did you read that? The whole stinking world. Now listen to me. If God will do that because what, what Jay said while well, he was singing worship. Jay said this. He'd leave the 99 and come chase after us. If there was just one of us who was out of sorts with the Father, Jesus would have still been born. You know what that means? God would have still needed to move the entire world to get Jesus born at the right place. Now think about that for a second. This ain't no joke, man. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Really? They're going to be on his shoulders. God started moving this thing. He had to make sure Augustus Caesar was there because he's going to manipulate that little man's heart. You need to, you need to do a tax. Oh, dude, I'm all, over, I'm all over tax. Yes. Yes, tax. Taxing is great. Taxing is good. Taxing helps me keep doing what I'm doing. Let's tax more people. And he doesn't know it, but God's going, I'm working this. I'm working my plan, and my plan is working. And there's this little there's this little imp of his named Quirinius, who's governor of Syria, placed on purpose. He don't even know he's a, yes, I think you should do that tax thing. Yes, Mr. Caesar. Yes, do that, please. Yes. And they're all just little puppets. They don't even realize it. Little fellow named Herod, don't even realize it. He's ruling over Judea, and he's a part of the whole process of taxation, too. And he's, he, they're just going with the flow. They think they're in control, but they're not. And the next time you think that the government's going haywire, you remember this, you remember this passage of Scripture. You remember this, the, the, Caesar Augustus sent out the decree, but he didn't send out the decree. It was God going, Caesar Augustus, time for more tax. And the people went, more tax? He's got to be crazy. And God's, no, you go, wait, just wait, 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 wait. The plan's not done yet. Plan's not done. Got this. Relax. I'm going to work out a plan so you can shake off all the things that bind you. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes, not just taxation without representation, everything, everything that plagues your soul, everything that plagues your heart, everything that plagues your family, everything that plagues your, your past, your future, and, and your now. Every, I'm going to work a plan to shake all of it off. He'll break them with a rod of iron, it said in Psalm 2. Did you hear that? Well, come on. I mean, we're talking about Christmas, right? It's the most wonderful time of the year, Right? It ain't because kids are jingle belling. I'm telling you right now, that's not, why, that's not why it's the most wonderful time of the year. Huh? I don't care if y'all want a white Christmas or not, that's crazy. Huh? How about a blood bought Christmas? How about that? Huh? I know some of you guys are like weirdos who like winter. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't get it. Okay, I don't, driving in that stuff here this afternoon, you can have that all day long. When the dude in front of me is going up the hill, everything seems fine. All of a sudden, he goes over the overpass, and his truck goes whoop like this and crosses the median into oncoming traffic while I'm right behind him. That's not fun. I don't care, who, I don't care where you are. Where you that is not fun. No fun, sir. Okay, you can have it all day long. Now, God's placed me here. I love Chillicothe and Ross County. I have no intention of moving, but I hate winter, and I make no bones about it. You know when God created this place? It was a greenhouse. It was. One time for the flood, this old cold weather mess showed up. I mean, I'm all about that. I, I like, you know, they, they, say seven, they, say, they say San Diego is beautiful all year long. You know what the average temperature in San Diego is? 72 degrees. I'm like, bring it on. 
Huh? Bring it on. But that's the snow, and we can, we can, we can lose sight of what makes this the most wonderful time of year. Because we begin to think that it's about what we can get out of it and what we want out of it. And I can think I'm having a great Christmas because there's no snow on the ground, but that's not the reason there's a great Christmas. The great Christmas is because this baby was born who ended up on that cross to set me free, right? That's what makes it the most wonderful time of year. I'm going to trip over those wires yet. That's what makes it the most wonderful time of year. I'm sidetracked, right? See, God, God conspired to build a kingdom that would function for broken humanity, not break humanity worse. But on different principles. Listen to Isaiah 16.5. Then a throne will be established. According to the will of the people. Then the throne will be established in steadfast love. And he who sit on it will sit in, according to what's popular in the polls. Mm-mm. Faithfulness. That means there's a right and a wrong way of doing things, and he's committed to make sure the right way happens. Not, not sometimes, all the time, every time, every day. Listen to that. And the tent of David, one who judges and seeks justice and is swift to do righteousness. Again, man, sign me up for that guy. Let me, let me, let me have. Think, think of him having a leader who always ruled in steadfast love. Always. Always ruled in steadfast love. Think of what that would mean to your life. Listen to this. Think of one who, who always rules in faithfulness. No innuendos, no gossip columns, no whatever. He is faithful to the nth degree. He's faithful to his family. He's faithful to the truth. He's faithful to God. He's faithful to the the oath that he took. Think think of that. Who judges and seeks justice, real justice, fighting for those who, 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 who need help, fighting for those who are without, fighting for those who've been victimized, fighting, think of all that, and, and, and always does things in righteousness. You know what righteousness is? Righteousness at its barest elemental form is this, being right with God and being right with people, having right relationships all around your life. That's what true right, and he's swift to act on that. Dude, would that be awesome? They'd have to get caught in trouble to say he's sorry? Huh? Is swift to confess and go, hey, I, yeah, I am a jamoke. I messed that up. I messed it up really badly. Imagine living in a house where that happens. Dads, you could, do, you could go a long way if you just admit when you get things wrong. Mom, you could change the attitude of your kids when, 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 you've, done, when you've done things wrong. They know it, you know it, and you acknowledge it. Go a long way to building right relationships. Husband, wife, let's just keep rolling. When you're just rolling, I'm on the bunny trail, and I'm just following, okay? I've been listening to some guys this week who preach, and I think i got to get done in 35 minutes, and everyone I've been listening to this week is like 50, 55, so just sit back and relax. Think if they can do it in 55 minutes, I can too. Bless Jesus, right? Listen, husband, wives, acknowledge you're wrong. When you get it wrong, acknowledge that. Your desire shouldn't be to be right. Your desire should be to be right with one another. You hear what I'm saying? That's the kind of leadership God's looking for. That's the kind of leadership he wants your life to exist under because he wants you to come to Christ. People who, 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 who are following Jesus can confess where they are. You know why? Because they realize he's got it covered already. 
I don't have a pro- if I, I don't have to hide. You know why? Because he knows. I'm not saying I'm all that in a bag of chips. All I am saying is, dude, I am messed up. And the first person who knows is him. And me and him try and get it straight. When me and him get it straight, you know what happens? It don't matter what she thinks about me. Usually I go, hey, babe, I'm a jerk. Yep, I know. You know, I love you, right? Yeah, I know you love me. You're going to figure it out one of these days, big fella. You know? And it makes all the difference in the world. i got to be faithful. I want to live in that kind of faithfulness. I'm not there yet. You get what I'm saying? I want to live in a, according to the principles of steadfast love, love that doesn't waver because how things are going that day. I want to I live, and I'm learning to be that guy. The only reason I'm learning to be that guy is because these other guys are in charge of my life. And he rules and reigns with righteousness. He's swift in seeking justice. He would, every moment of every day, he's faithful. From the rising of the sun until it goes down on the west side of town, guess what? He is faithful. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm learning to follow him. That's what's happening. And I'm not perfect, and I'm not even sure I want to be. That's a big load. I want you guys used to thinking Aaron can screw it up. You know what I mean? And he can. But when I screw it up, it gives Jesus a chance to go, Dude, I got this. Some of you go, Jesus, Jesus doesn't say dude. Hey, listen, Jesus doesn't say thou and hitherto either. Huh? Inasmuch, or whatever those other words are in the King James Version of the Bible. I don't know. You don't use those words. He talks to me like I talk. I don't know about it. You know what I mean? I had, had somebody tell me this. I think it was beautiful, man. I loved it. Hey, during that service, man, you know what God said to me? I said, what'd he say? He said, he said, no longer a punk. I was like, dude, that is straight up, man. I wanted to belly bump him right in the middle. I'm like, yeah, Jesus did say that, bro. No longer a punk. Right on. Huh? Because Jesus talks to us where we get it, man. Huh? My kids think I'm goofy when I do stuff like that, but I get it when he talks to me like that. Dad, that's not what that really means. Quit that. Jeremiah 23, 5 says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king, and he shall deal wisely. Don't you want somebody who's wise, who knows better than you do, how to get this thing done? So execute justice and righteousness in the land. See, God has conspired. He is conspiring against our ignorance and our desire to self-govern to create an opportunity for us to find him. That's what he's doing. See, we are supposed to be those who honor and follow him, Right? And love like he loved. He loves this king to the degree that we're willing to go do what he commissioned us to do. The things, the, the way he wants it done, to be a part of what he's doing. To become a part of this impossible conspiracy. This impossible conspiracy is that God wants the whole world changed. And he's crazy. You know why he's crazy? Because he wants you and I to be a part of making it happen. I don't know if you read Acts 17 recently, but it says this. He don't need us. You know what's cool? He invites us. To jump in the plan. And that gives us hope. And that gives us purpose. And that gives us life. Matthew 28, 17 says this. They saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. That's like us, right? Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. You just can't sit and be still, man. 
If you're going to be a part of this kingdom, it's going to be actively at work in your life. Go, therefore, where? Into all the world, into to making disciples of all nations, baptizing them the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 25, 34 is a parable Jesus ta- teaches about the end of time. It says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, that's Jesus, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he says some really dramatic words. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Just this week, I had a chance to go make a visit in jail. And just so happened, when I walked out of the jail in downtown Chillicothe, I found this pretty blue car with this really foxy lady sitting in it just parked along the side of the road. I looked over, it's like, hey, hey, what's going on? So I walked over, and I was like, hey. She's like, hey, and she unlocked the door, and I sat down right next to her like this. So said, what have you been doing? I said, I had to make a visit. It was, it was her, don't. Yeah. Okay. I know what somebody's like, oh, my gosh, what's Aaron saying? What's he admitting? I know he said he's not perfect, but oh, no, 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 not that. Heard enough of that. It was her. And she began to look at me and said, what's wrong? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. And my heart was just ravaged because suddenly I was, I was talking on the phone through glass. And I was reminded of these words. Jesus trusted me to go see him in jail. It messed my heart. It my, for a couple of hours, I was just messed up, just through. I'm like, dude, that's such a big deal. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's a big stinking deal. And God wants us all engaged in that. Huh? You know what Jesus is going to say when they get to heaven? I needed shampoo, and you provided it for me. I needed a toothbrush, and you made sure I got some. I need a deodorant. And you, rather than buy another Christmas gift, you bought a case of deodorant and made sure I got some at the Pioneer Pantry. That's what he's going to say. And we try to make this big sanctimonious moment of something happening. And, and God's just saying, just do these really simple things. Just, just, just be a part of the lives of other people. Just do something significant that people can see my steadfast love, my faithfulness, that I do seek justice. I make sure those who are vulnerable get, 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 get tended to and defended. Make sure that you try and live in right relationship with one another because I'm trying to live in right relationship with you. Do that. Do that. Quit looking for the big you know, resume builder thing. Look for the very simple, easy-to-do moments where you can go be what God wants you to be. You understand what I'm saying? That's how his kingdom operates. See, because the real issue was he didn't entrust Augustus Caesar to be the father of his son. He trusted a no-name guy named Joseph. He he trusted a girl from a lot back kind of a place in Nazareth. He chose those to make sure it really happened. Augustus Caesar is just a byline in the story. He gets like all of three seconds. Did you catch that? In God's story, Augustus Caesar, yeah, the emperor, right, gets like three seconds. Mary and Joseph and the annals of heaven get the big press. Don't try to be Caesar, try to be Mary and Joseph. Don't, don't, oh my gosh, I don't know. Y'all got time? I'm tore up. So how, how do we overcome the selfness? 
How do we do it? Listen to these words from Psalm 10. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. They all come and go. They don't let them stay around. Oh, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. Listen to that. The Lord is the king, but he hears the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Some of you have come in here this morning and you feel afflicted. You feel infected. You feel like nobody's paying attention. You feel like there's never going to be an end to it. You feel like, man, this can't work out for my good. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph running around Bethlehem thinking, God, okay, you said we should have this baby, and suddenly we don't even have a place to stay. Are you listening? And once again, they had to give up the ideal to have the impact. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Like everybody else is getting to stay in the hotel where it's warm, where servants are meeting their needs. They are out in the stinking stable, and it was stinking. You ever been to the county fair? And you keep looking for the thing that's ideal for you. And God's like, dude, no, do the thing that's ideal for others. Do the thing that's ideal for the glory of my name. Some of you have walked into some things lately and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I walk into? Oh, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I expected at all. What is going on? And God said, I'm going to show you I'm faithful. Hang on, hang on, hang on. And guess what else is going to happen? I'm going to show other people I'm faithful because of you. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to show people what it looks like to have steadfast love when things aren't going well. That my steadfast love endures every storm, every difficulty, every dark night, every snowstorm, everyone. My love, and if you're following me, we'll make it. I promise. I never promised you'd be easy, but I promised you we'd walk it out together. Just keep walking. I'm listening to your cries. The Bible says this, and he stores up our tears in heaven, that he is storing them right now. He is paying attention. The story of Christmas is that God heard the cries of humanity going, we're broken, we are tore up, and Jesus is like, I got a solution. And it took me hundreds of years to make it happen, but we'll spend thousands of years rejoicing in it, millions even. Come on, man. I'll trade off to hundreds. For the millions? For real? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm So, let's finish this thing. You want to? See, we desire to be in control, right? That's the thing. Some of you are absolute control freaks. Am I right? Absolute control freaks. I didn't point no fingers. All right, I heard some snickers and stuff like, quit talking about me here. No, I ain't doing that. But we got to realize there's really one who's in control. And God cares enough to work things according to his plan, not ours. Are you hearing me? He cares enough you. He cares enough about your kids. He cares enough about your community. He cares enough about your church. He cares enough not to do it the way you want it done. He's going to do it according to his plan. He is working his plan, and his plan is working. Here's the, the idea. The message of Advent is this. God is conspiring right now. He is right now, right now, conspiring to bring stability to our instability. He is working to that end for our good. He is working through us that end for the good of others. And this is going to be crazy. You guys are going to be flipping out. I showed you a screenshot from a Van Halen video. You will not believe it, but it's absolutely true. This next was actually on the video. Right now is a good time to repent. Well, thank you, Eddie. 
That's awesome. Because it is. You know what the word repent means? To turn around from the way you're going that you think seems good to you and turn towards the way God wants you to go. Is a good time to repent. It's a good time to take your hands off of it, turn around and walk towards the direction he wants you to go. See, repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry, a long time ago when I first came to Christ. Repentance is saying, God, I, I, I keep screwing this thing up. I keep messing up. I keep trying to take control. And I'm letting go of it. And I'm turning away from what I want. And I'm turning towards what you want. And right now is a good time to go, okay, let go and let God, right? Nice little Christianity cliche. We say, let go and let God. Let go and let God. Problem is, most of us aren't. We're holding on and saying, God, do your thing anyway. Right? Got to let go. That's what Mary had to do. That's what Joseph had to do. Quirinius didn't know it, but that's what he was doing. Augustus, he didn't know, but that's what he was doing. And you, as a follower of Jesus, have to make the conscientious effort to go, I'm letting go. I'm turning towards God. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about me. It's about them. I'm going to be a part of God's plan. He's working his plan. His plan is working. Would you guys say that with me? God's work. One, two, three. Hey, it's going to be a long Christmas. I'm going to tell you right now, y'all are already like, this is like December 31st already. You guys are like, hmm. Pastor Eric used to say December 30, the, 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 the Sunday between Christmas and New Year's is the worst Sunday every year because everybody's like. And here we are, December 10th, it's right like. Now, for, it is 1248, or, or no, no, it's not. It's 11, four, I got a whole other hour. I'm like, oh, Jesus, please, no, 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 no. This is better than butter beans and cornbread, I'm telling you. Huh? You have to pay six sixty or five fifty or something to get a show this good over. Never mind. You guys aren't white Christmas fans, are you? Anyway, never mind. See, I'm serious. You guys, you guys can't get this out there. Good, clean fun, man. Huh? For real. Okay, let's try again. Ready? One, two, three. Let's is working his plan. His plan is working. Try it one more time. That's what you do in some church. Do it one more time. Listen to this, Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him. Worship is a lifestyle. You can't see it back there, but it's what it says. Worship him with holy fear and awe. Here's what I want to do. Jay, can you come back up this way? He can. I know he can. Stand up with me. And I want to have one cup of coffee today. <laughs> That's true. Only one today. Do me a favor. Let's sing this song. You already saw up on the screen. As we get ready to walk out of here. Let's, let's um, adore him like he needs to be adored, right? Let's not make it about just singing this song in here. Let this song set the tone for us walking out the door, right? Let, 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 let's relinquish our hold on our lives. Let's relinquish our hold on our thoughts. Let's relinquish our hold on our, on our, on our desires. And let's say, God, you, I, I, want to be, I want to come as one who's learning to be faithful. I want you to be adored in my life and in the lives of other people.
If you need prayer, um, you know what? We believe that. I absolutely believe that sign back there. Every believer can minister. I don't think you got to wait for another person to, 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 to be available. You don't have to wait for me. You don't have to wait for anybody. You can turn towards one another and bear each other's burdens. In fact, that is the gospel. Galatians 6 tells us that. That's why you need to be a part of a group. That's why you need to be locked in deeper than just sitting and looking at the back of somebody's head. Let, let's sing together. Can we do that? And if you feel a nudge of God, this altar's open. We'll be around. Pray, let somebody pray for you because you, there's something you've got to let go of. Can you do that? Just get to him. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.